It's time for the Hammer Down Show with Jared Jesselitis. Oh, yes. And what was that beginning, middle, and end part again? Streaming online at 1017thehammer.com. All right, sounds good. Let's do this. minutes. I have your tickets for Purdue football for this Saturday's game against Iowa. Sold out. I want to put your face in the place here. Here's what you do. All right. To get your chance to win, just text Boiler Up 765-447-4080. That's 765-447-4080. Text the keyword Boiler Up. I will get you registered to win. That's 765-447-4080. That gets you registered to win those tickets, all right? Boiler up to 765-447-4080. Who doesn't want to go see another round of Purdue football right now? I'm excited. It just, it's a great time, man. you got men's basketball kicking off here tonight. Um, we've got uh, women's basketball on Sunday at Mackey. Coach Gerald's going to be on the show tomorrow, by the way. I think we got that rescheduled, so that'll be great. Um, in but we're making that transition here now from the fall sports and high school to the winter sports as well. I mean, it's just a great time, man. Great time to be talking local sports. Let's go ahead and get started with Need to Know News. Here's your Need to Know News. All right, let's get started with, uh, how about the Bulls with an upset road victory last night? 108-99 to over the Nets. They were five-point dogs in that one. Levine led the way with 29 points. Uh, Vooch. 15 boards. Bulls move to 4-4. Four and four. They take on the Hornets tonight at home. Bulls are a 4.5-point favorite in that tilt. Uh, the NFL trade deadline wrapped up yesterday. We went into uh, we went into detail yesterday on the Chase Claypool trade for the Bears. We had heard that the Colts would make a move possibly on Naeem Hines, and they do uh, in the uh, last couple of minutes of the trade deadline. They send him to the Bills. In return, they're going to get a sixth, and they're going to get running back Zach Moss. Now, I know what you're thinking. That's not the return you want for Naeem Himes. But, and uh, I wrote a blog about this yesterday, posted up on all of our sites at 1017thehammer.com, uh, this seems to be a little bit more of a budgetary move. Naeem Himes has a player opt-out, could be zero against the cap next year, but um, you're looking at making $4.5 million on the last uh, each of the last two years. And you got to pay Matt Ryan an insane amount of money. Meanwhile, Zach Moss, you can keep him next year for like 1.3 or cut him for around $300,000. Uh, this seems like a budgetary type thing and not a return that you would probably want in reality here. But uh, this is the move. Um, Ballard said today he wouldn't get into it, but the rumors were that uh, he, Naheem Hines, did ask for a trade. He says, I won't get into that, which, you know, if he didn't, he would just be like, no, he didn't. So there you go. That's the way that I read into it. But Hines gone, Bills rich get richer. That stinks. For all for what he averaged and how good he was, 
And the Pacers, or not the Pacers, the Colts has never really figured out a way to use them properly. Oh, and by the way, great timing because uh, guess who didn't practice today? Jonathan Taylor, turns out. Eh, tweak that ankle that's been bothering him. Fantastic. Great job, Colts. Uh, the Blackhawks losing streak reaches four after a 3-1 loss last night to the Islanders. Taves with the goal on the power play, his sixth goal of the season. Uh, the Islanders added a empty netter to make it 3-1. Uh, what happens next? Well, the Blackhawks will be back at home. They host the Kings. Tonight, Purdue men's basketball is back. They are hosting Truman State at Mackey. Truman State kind of hung in there for a while against Iowa, so uh, not a... Not a walk in the park. Now, the game is on Big Ten Plus. It is sold out as well. Who's excited? I'm jacked for this. Let's go. I'm ready to tip it off again tonight. It's on Big Ten Plus, so best of luck to you there. That is today's Need to Know News. All right. All right, so yesterday, uh, our best bets. What did we do yesterday? Minka Zibanejad over three and a half. Yeah, that was easy. That was easy. I didn't have a whole lot of time yesterday before the show to get into my hockey best bets, which, by the way, I know normally not a lot of people, I, I, whenever you do these things, I try to keep them uh, in, in your sphere of reference here. So I keep with the Colts and the Bears or, you know, the Pacers, the Blackhawks, that sort of thing. But making money it's making money, and we have been insanely hot. We've hit four out of five days on our uh, player props uh, over the last two weeks. And uh, another one yet today, uh, where we are yesterday that we made money. Today, uh, trying to take a look at some things here. Let's go to your Bulls game. Rumor is Zach Levine's going to be out tonight. He is listed as questionable. The reason, left knee management. Remember he had the surgery and stuff? He's only missed one so far, but we're talking back-to-backs, and it sounds like it's not official yet, but it sounds like he's going to have a seat tonight. If that's the case, we want to hurry up and get on DeMar DeRozan over 27.5 points. He has hit over that line in 13 of 18 games without Levine, including all three this year. He's also 7-9 and nine on that mark at home without him. All right? And once, he, once he's declared out, that thing's going over 30. So I think we can swoop that up now. That's my prop for tonight. I'll take DeMar DeRozan over the 27 and a half points because it just doesn't look like Levine is going to make it happen. Now, you can play that or you can jump on the board with me. And uh, we'll hit another hockey prop. Too easy tonight. Tage Thompson, T-A-G-E, Tage Thompson uh, is uh, going to be uh, taking on the Pittsburgh Penguins tonight. Penguins allow the fourth most shots per game. They also lost a three-goal lead last night, went to overtime at home, and lost their fifth straight. Demoralized. Then they went and got on a plane to go up to Buffalo last night. So what kind of shape do you think they're going to be in defensively this evening? Maybe not great. Thompson has snapped off 40 shot attempts in the last three games. 40! It's insane. Shots on goal that he's actually hit over the last three games, 8, 8, and 9. That's a heck of a number. 
So that's his last three games. He just flat out shoots. We love that volume. And again, the Penguins allow the fourth most shots per game. And yeah, they played last night. So we're going with Thompson over three and a half. If you use a book that's going to let you ladder that, i.e., um, you can take him for five, you could take him for six shots. I would think about that tonight. I think you'd be leaving money on the table if you don't at least throw like a half or a quarter unit on some higher shot totals. Right, come on, last three games, 8-8 eight, eight, and 9. Like I said, he's ripped off 40 shot attempts. Uh, and then what? That's 2-4 uh, and 5. So uh, that's 25 shots have gone on goal. Dude, you've got this tonight. Let's go. Those are my plays tonight. Uh, if you tail, I hope that you uh, play responsibly here. Now, uh, don't forget, I still have these Purdue and Iowa football tickets for you for Saturday. Text me, boiler up to 765 447 4080. That's 765 447 4080. I'll draw out a winner here at 4 o'clock. We'll give them a call and uh, let them know they won. But I got a couple of tickets here for the game against Iowa this Saturday. I will send you. Uh, but you got to text the keyword. Just just text me boiler up. That's all you need to do. 765-447-4080. We'll get you that chance here. And uh, we'll draw, like I said, a winner at the uh, end of the show here at 4 o'clock. Boiler up to 765-447-4080. It's that simple if you want to go to the game this Saturday against Iowa. Sold out, baby. Let's go. All right. Coming up next, Purdue basketball tips off their season tonight. And uh, we've got Brian Newbert from goldandblack.com. He is going to join us next. Stick around for that. We'll get all your basketball questions answered here on the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017 thehammercom Hey, welcome back. This is the uh, Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017 thehammercom Very excited to bring on uh, our good buddy Brian Newber on the Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline from GoldenBlack.com. GoldenBlack.com on a brand new platform, the On3 platform. It looks fantastic. It's still GoldenBlack.com. You're still getting uh, Tom. You're still getting Brian. You're still getting Alan. Lord help us, sometimes even Kyle Charters. But uh, it's a brand new platform, which you can now, uh, Alan tells me, get involved with a dollar for the first year. they got a special running right now. Hurry up and snap that up. It's a dollar to join for that first year. That's an amazing deal to get the kind of content that uh, guys like Brian here give you. So make sure you uh, scoop that up while you still can. Brian, uh, thank you as always for making the time for us as uh, Purdue gets ready to kick off their men's basketball season tonight. Truman State, uh, as we finally arrive to this moment here, all this worrying during the offseason about finding a point guard and everything too, that's been the the, the big storyline. Now that we're here, how do you feel about this team this season right now? Well, it's kind of the great unknown. Uh you know, Purdue turns over really considerably. Obviously, Zach Eady is a known commodity uh, and Purdue's best chance, sort of that foundational player who's poised to, you know, you know, potentially go from good player to great player and all of that stuff. But the thing about big guys is they're obviously dependent on the infrastructure around them. And Purdue's, you know, got a lot of inexperience uh, among their ball handlers. They've got – they really like their shooting and all that stuff, but uh, – you also have to, your experience has to lend itself to making the right play to get the best shots possible. You're going to have a lot of guys taking different shots than they've taken before. Uh, so a lot of unknowns around Edie. 
but a lot of promise too because you know Purdue likes all these guys and has good reason to like all these guys and you know as I mentioned uh, somewhere else here recently the last two times Purdue's team has turned over the way this one's turning over you know one was 2019 and they didn't beat a high major opponent in non-conference play there was a process involved there as there will be for this team but that team wound up really clicking mid-year winning the Big Ten almost going to the Final Four and then a couple of years ago, you were playing a bunch of freshmen in a pandemic, and uh, you won a lot more games than anybody figured you would. So there no real promises uh, in terms of this season ending up like either of those two seasons. But just because you're turning over a lot of new personnel and you're, you're kind of changing your identity as a team and things like that, and a bunch of guys are moving into different roles and stuff like that, that doesn't mean necessarily the ultimate outcomes are not going to be good uh there is going to be a process involved november and december are going to be really big for this team uh the goal is to be the best version of yourself at the end of the year not the start of the year and i think that's something people are probably going to need to keep in mind this year we're talking with brian newber from goldenblack.com here on our uh, hammerhead hotline you know matt painter has uh, named these uh, five starters as well you know zach Eady, obviously mason gillis that's not a surprise uh the big surprise to me Maybe it was probably not to you, but uh, Fletcher Lawyer winning out there. I, I know everybody talks about how great of a shooter he is, but how surprised were you of the makeup of uh, what's going to be the starting five to start out tonight? Well, they love Fletcher Lawyer, uh, and I think they have a lot of good reason to. I think he's you know another one of those coaches' kids who's really advanced in his understanding of basketball and um, is really confident, atypical of his age. Uh, is really skilled. He's the sort of guy who, you remember Dakota Mathias' freshman year, he didn't play a whole lot uh, relative to what he did at the end of his career. But when he was out there, Purdue was a better offensive basketball team because he knew what was going on. He made the right passes. He could make shots. Uh, he knew how to get the ball inside and into the post and things like that. Purdue was just a better offensive basketball team because he was out there. And I think Fletcher Lawyer is very much that way. I think he's he's earned a good deal of trust already for a young player. Uh, I don't think that was any sort of indictment of how Brandon Newman has played in the preseason. Brandon Newman did play more minutes than anyone else on the team uh, in the Cincinnati scrimmage. And I think it's a situation where, you know, Fletcher Lawyer might be getting the start, but if Brandon Newman comes off the bench and does what, you know, Purdue wants him to do in terms of maybe being a little more uh, in tune with playing to his strengths, a little more detail-oriented defensively, things like that, I think he's he's going to be out there. Uh, you know, Fletcher Lawyer is also going to factor into that point guard mix, too, when Braden Smith's not on the floor. So you can find minutes for both of those guys. I'm not sure they really played together a whole lot uh, against Cincinnati because they were kind of substituting NHL-style five at a time. I'll be interested to see how much tonight those guys play together. I, I don't see any way around it because... When Braden Smith's not on the floor, uh, your point guard is kind of a veritable cast of thousands in terms of it being Fletcher Lawyer, David Jenkins, and or Ethan Morton, or a combination thereof. So I think you're going to see Lawyer and Newman out there together uh, a little bit too, so I think there's plenty of minutes for both of them. But I think Fletcher Lawyer just kind of came in and just kind of did what you know Jaden Ivey a few years back did. I'm not saying he's that level of player, uh, but I'm saying that in terms of really, really making a really strong first impression. And I'm not even sure it was a first impression because Purdue wanted this dude as soon as they saw him uh, in recruiting. And they knew he was a perfect fit for what they, they, they do. They knew he really spoke to what Purdue really values in terms of offensive basketball. 
things like that, and I don't think their mind has ever changed. And I think he carries himself in a way where he doesn't look like a freshman out there. He might physically, but he doesn't look like uh, a freshman in terms of how he plays. So I think people are really going to like him, and I think he's going to obviously have an opportunity right away to be a really high-responsibility, heavy-minutes player for Purdue this year. Talking with Brian Newbert from GoldenBlack.com on the Hammerhead Hotline. Matt Banner had all this great stuff to say during the media day and, and about his freshman, Brayden Smith. Uh, that's such an important position that he is playing here, and one that Purdue doesn't have a whole lot of depth at on top of that. Uh, I'm not saying the kid's not any good, but my question here is, Brian, are we putting too much on Brayden Smith early here? That's a heck of a, a burden, I feel like, that he's been saddled with here just as a freshman having uh, you know no collegiate experience at all. Well, he's their only point guard, so whether he's ready or not, I mean, he, he he has to play in terms of Matt Painter, you know, speaking of him in pretty strong terms, he compared him to Peyton Pritchard at Media Day. Uh, Matt Painter doesn't take that stuff lightly, and I'm not sure he's ever been been wrong. I don't think he's, I mean, the one thing he's always said sometimes has been, like, I think he's going to be a good player, I just don't know when. I think Purdue believes that Braden Smith could be a really good player now because he didn't he didn't qualify any of those things he said. And when Painter says stuff like that, he tends to be right. And I think he knows better than anyone. And I think ever since Purdue recruited Braden Smith, I think they've kind of had this this little uh, grin on their face, like they just stole money out of the register and got away with it, and no one noticed, kind of thing. Like <laughs> they found something that they value profoundly that nobody else values and as much and they really stole one there and uh, I think that uh, you know obviously he's not shied away from speaking very highly of Braden Smith I'm sure that they are they are expecting Braden Smith to expect the absolute maximum of himself and I think him and Fletcher Lawyer are both sort of that kind of player where they've grown up around basketball and the standard they kind of hold themselves to is as high as um, anyone, any standard anyone else can hold them to. Both of them uh, are sons of coaches on both sides, both their moms and their dads. You know, Fletcher Lawyer's been around the NBA. Braden Smith's been around uh, college basketball quite a bit. Um, and they're both ready, as ready as can be. And I think that uh, it's just a matter of how quickly they get up to speed with the speed of the game, the physicality of the game, things like that. But I think Purdue expects these guys to both be really high-impact players right away. In terms of what's being expected of Braden Smith this year, it, it is kind of it is ready or not because Purdue has no choice. But I, I don't think Purdue's worried about Braden Smith as much as uh, people would be just by seeing the FR next to his name. Brian, we talked uh, right after the St. Peter's loss uh, about what that lo- locker room was like um, a- afterwards, and I remember you telling me that it seemed like there's a little bit of a sense of relief that maybe the pressure and the, and the number one ranking and the way fans reacted that maybe it wasn't as fun for them. Uh, a lot of those pieces are gone now, uh, and now with so many uh, freshmen under, you know, redshirt freshmen too contributing. Uh, I wonder what that locker room is like and what the leadership in that locker room looks like. Uh, can you kind of give me a little insight to, you know, who do you think is that type A personality that uh, is the leader back there and, and what this team will, uh, how this team will at least respond to him? Yeah, I think that in terms of leadership, 
I'm sure they have a lot of guys. I, I think they, they'd like Zach Eady to be part of that because you always want your best player to be your one of your leaders. But I think the two guys who really sort of jump out to me anyway without putting a whole lot of thought into it here uh, would be Mason Gillis and Ethan Morton. Uh, just because Mason Gillis has played so much basketball and his, his, he's got more of an overt personality than probably a lot of, a lot of other guys. He is the, he is the voice you tend to hear on the floor, uh, on defense, on a team that needs to talk on defense more. Uh, Ethan Morton, I think, is just a good, steady guy. I think he's a big part of this team's equilibrium now in terms of just his kind of demeanor, his calmness, his consistency, his steadiness, his knowledge. Stuff like that. I think Braden Smith over time is going to be a big time leader for this team. I think Fletcher Lawyer can be a big time leader for this team. Whether or not you can do that right away as freshmen, there's nothing saying you can't be. You know, Chris Kramer as a freshman was their best leader. That was a long time ago, but it, that doesn't necessarily matter. It's 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 uh, what's interesting about those two freshmen is they carry themselves with such a confidence that I think they're not the sort of freshmen that the other guys on the floor are going to have to worry about in terms of whether or not they're going to do what they're supposed to be doing or whether or not they're, they're going to kind of back down from the moment. Um, so if that's kind of a form of like leadership by example, that bears mentioning, but I think Mason Gillis and Ethan Morton really kind of uh, are the two guys who kind of come to mind for me, but I think this team's in a very different position. I think last year's team, uh, I don't think they ever wore it well. The fact that they were, you know, a top five team in the country from the very outset of the season, and you're in that position where that proverbial position where everybody's giving you their best shot, and you have to reply to it every single time, or you have to respond to it every single time out. The stuff that Dukes of the world constantly have to—that's their existence, and that's what's so amazing about programs like that—is the conditions they play in and have to lift themselves up to every single timeout is really something a lot of teams don't have to deal with on a regular basis. Purdue just didn't handle it great. They kind of, you know, they didn't buy in defensively quick enough. Uh, they, they never really valued the ball as much as they needed to. When you go to Rutgers, you didn't really match the, uh, the intensity of the environment. And that's just kind of where that team went a little bit off the tracks early on. That being said, they won 29 games last year. We talk about last season like they didn't even make the tournament or something like that, but um, they needed to be a little bit better in terms of matching that. I think this team is sort of in that more comfortable, pretty position where uh, you have a chance to sneak up on people. You have a, t- a chance to be better than people think, things like that. And uh, I think that's that's a little bit of an easier position to play in, but uh, – uh, it's still Purdue basketball, and there's still high expectations. There's still people take the game very seriously. Matt Painter takes the game very seriously. These players are all here for a reason. They all take the game very seriously. So it's not like they're just gonna they're not just gonna be twiddling their thumbs through 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 November and December. But they're also going to be in a position here where I don't think anyone's. Uh, naive to the fact that it's probably going to take this team a couple of weeks to get where they want to go in terms of the the level they can play at. Where will this team struggle this year? What kind of teams will they struggle against? That's a good question. Um, kind of a wait-and-see sort of thing. They've got to take care of the basketball. They're not talented enough to dig themselves out of holes the way last year's team was. Um, and even that team couldn't always 
dig themselves out of the holes they put themselves in by not valuing possessions. Uh, I think they'll be a little more solid defensively uh, just because they have no choice, and I think they're a little more wired that way. But I still don't think they have – I still don't think they're going to be an elite defensive team by any means. You just have to keep being better. You have to overachieve a little bit. Where they're going to struggle, you know, there's always the matchup issue that comes with when you're gigantic on the floor, uh, people are going to try to attack that. When you're young in the backcourt, people are going to attack that a little bit. That being said, I think one really interesting thing about this season is Purdue's got a really good frontcourt. They think they've got one of the best front courts in college basketball. But I think they've got two different front courts, if that makes sense. I think they've got Zach Eady and Mason Gillis in the starting five. And then when Caleb Burst and Trey Kaufman-Wren come in, I think you can play very differently. You can do different things offensively. You can hunt matchups a little bit better. You can acclimate defensively a little bit better. So we'll see how that kind of goes. But where they're going to struggle, I mean, anytime you're young and inexperienced, Every day is a new day, and there there are going to be surprises. There are going to be things that come up that Braden Smith's never seen before, Fletcher Lawyer's never seen before, you know, Trey Kaufman Rand has never seen before, and it's just there are going to be different challenges with every game. It could be something game to game, but on paper, the two things that obviously jump out as absolute non-negotiables for improvement for Purdue have to be taking care of the basketball and just being more solid from a defensive perspective. I'm not really saying that's where they're going to struggle. I'm saying that's where they can struggle if, if they're not totally consumed with those two parts of the game at all times. Brian Newbert from goldenblack.com. Again, they've moved over to the On3 network, and you can benefit from this because, tell you what, uh, one week only, the site move special is going on right near one year for a dollar. That is an amazing deal for any Purdue fan here. You can sign up one year for $1. That's awesome. So if you want more, Brian, you heard Tom yesterday, Alan, and like I said, Lord help us, Kyle Charters, at times, uh, you have got to get in on this because uh, nobody does it like these guys do. Again, goldenblack.com, get your subscription, a dollar for the year on the new uh, On3 network. It's still goldenblack.com, same web address, uh, same great content, but uh, now you, you're going to get a heck of a deal on it. Brian, uh, I appreciate you carving out some time in your busy schedule for us, man. Uh, best of uh, luck covering tonight's game and everything, too, and uh, we'll talk again soon, all right? No problem, Jared. I think you, we should have to give you a dollar every time you have to deal with Kyle. As, Al, yeah, as Alan says, the check is in the mail. <laughs> I appreciate right, it, buddy. Man, Take care. Yep, but. <laughs> he so didn't laugh at that. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, you hang tight right here. We're going to come right back, and uh, we've got more of the Hammer Down Show. Don't forget, hey, you want to win my tickets to Purdue, Iowa tomorrow or on Saturday. Sold out game. Text Boiler Up to 765 447 4080. I'm going to draw out a winner before the end of the show. 765 447 4080. Text Boiler Up, 765-447-4080. You want to win these football tickets for Saturday's sold-out game against Iowa? That'll be your chance to win. We'll come back with more show next on... All right, our big thanks to Brian Newber from GoldenBlack.com. Again, uh, scoop up that uh, On3 membership there at GoldenBlack.com. All new, they just moved over there this week. They get the first week deal here where you can get in for a dollar. Dollar for the year a heck of a deal. Also a heck of a deal, I'm still giving away these tickets for Purdue football versus Iowa this Saturday. 
Text Boiler Up the 765-447-4080. That's 765-447-4080. And uh, I will get you registered to win these tickets. All right. Purdue versus Iowa. Text Boiler Up the 765-447-4080. Of course, the big thing here tonight, Purdue men's basketball ticket on Truman State. Yes, you gotta figure out if you can watch it on Big Ten Plus. It is sold out. Brian, a lot of interesting stuff to say. Look, when I take a look at the makeup of this team and what I've watched through the offseason, these are, these are the things that I needed to have answered and that I think Brian did a great job of doing it. And that is, one, what happens at point guard? Braden Smith is what happens at point guard. And that's what it is. After that, it's, it's a hodgepodge. Right of a couple of different guys, depending on who's in, what's going to work. But here we are. As a, I got a freshman here that may be the most indispensable player on the entire team. That seems like a lot, but we have seen what happens when this team does not have any depth at point guard and can't get the ball inside, things like that. It's an issue, right? Matt Painter had so much great stuff to say about him. It makes me nervous. Now, as Brian said, and I don't believe Matt Painter to be a guy who sugarcoats anything at any point. But you're still asking, not for a redshirt freshman. You're asking for a true freshman to come in and handle quite possibly the most important spot on your team. And then get him ready to, with all the physicality of Big Ten play. I'll li- that makes me a little bit nervous. And Matt Painter comes out and says these things. I think to myself, oh my gosh, this is, we're putting a lot here. We're putting a lot on the kid. But as Brian said, like, paint doesn't, you know, Matt's words. He doesn't sugarcoat it. He doesn't inflate egos because he doesn't care about your ego. He cares about the team. And if he says this, Brian said he's yet to be wrong when he says stuff like this. That puts me a little bit at ease with that. I still don't like the fact that there's not a ton of proven depth behind them. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Another question that I had. Mason Gillis, Zach Eady. That's your that's basically those are your upperclassmen starters. Yes, I know there's a couple more on the team. But those are your upperclassmen starters right there. Those are your oldest. Those should be your leaders traditionally. With so many freshmen and redshirt freshmen that are going to be contributing here in that starting rotation, who is, I'm sorry, Ethan Morton too. Uh, who, who's the leader? Who are the leaders in that locker room? You heard me discuss this you know, after the St. Peter's loss. I talked to Brian uh, that Monday. What's the locker room like? And, you know, he didn't exactly describe what was a team that was having fun playing basketball. You know, it, maybe there were some issues there. A lot of that leadership is now gone. Who fills that vacuum? And how do these freshmen respond? I've seen a Purdue team that lacks leadership. It's been a long time. But I remember it took Rafael Davis to start getting that mantle fixed. 
But to hear you've got young guys that uh, maybe are strong leaders and don't need that leadership, that's, again, that's that's another, I feel like, uh, load off my shoulders here to worry about when it comes to Purdue basketball. But again, as, as Brian pointed out, there will be growing pains, right? Though there's a chance to have some early success, but there will be growing pains. And I talked about last time we had this kind of turnover. Uh, Purdue doesn't meet a, doesn't beat a high major during the non-conference, and then goes out there and makes a little bit of a run. Maybe that is this team. Maybe it's not. I don't know. I do know I like everything that I hear and see uh, from the shooters on this team because it feels like there's a lot here. Fletcher Lawyer could be my guy. That's my new. That, that's I'm banking that that's my new guy. That Matt Painter's going to have a lot of options here on on what he can do, especially in the front court, as Brian pointed out. That uh, the front court with uh, Heedy and um, Gillis is going to look uh, a whole lot different than when Caleb comes in and Trey Kaufman run, and that gives you some versatility on uh, what you can do and. You know, teams might be able to attack that, uh, you know, the, the Gillis and Edie backcourt one way, but they're not going to be able to do that uh, when uh, First and uh, Trey Kaufman Wren jump on the court, that it's different. So you're going to keep teams guessing here. It's a, This can be a sneaky good team. This could be one of those teams that nobody really wants to get into it with and would just rather avoid. That maybe they're the favorites here, but... They're way too scrappy. They can hit shots if you don't defend it, and that can be a real big problem. I've struggled with where I can put them in the Big Ten because it is a great unknown here. I got one or two really proven commodities here. One or two guys that I know exactly what I'm getting out of them. But the rest, I look around and say, what do I got? I hear things. I see some practices. What am I really going to get? Tonight should hopefully be able to give us a good taste of that um, and see how they go. But, I mean, I have some pretty, I have some high hopes for them. I'm not going to hold them to, hey, they need to win the Big Ten. But I think an accurate bar to set there is top five. That's probably being generous. I should probably move it up to four. But, you know, if you can be top four or five, if you, that's what seeds you are going into the Big Ten tournament, I think this is a pretty good year considering the amount of freshmen that you will have uh, that will contribute. So very excited to see what this year, year's uh, squad has for it. And like I said, there's a lot of turnover from what you had last year. But that leads itself to a promise of uh, a new team, perhaps maybe back to basics more with the uh, defense. More Purdue-like basketball. Scrappy team that fights, hits outside shots. I'm signing up for that. And Zach Eady in the middle. I think they present a lot of problems for a lot of teams. We'll see how it turns out here. they got to figure it out quick because you know, Marquette's in a couple of weeks and then you're out to that, uh, that Phil Knight thing. and That's not for the faint of heart. If you go out there and beat West Virginia, guess who you get? Gonzaga. You want to make a statement? Boy, they got every opportunity to do it. I'm excited for the squad. I really am. All right, we're going to take our last break. Continue to text in Boiler Up 
to 765-447-4080. We'll get you registered to win my tickets here for Purdue versus Iowa on Saturday. Football, baby, we got you covered in a sold-out game. Text Boiler Up if you haven't yet to 765-447-4080. And uh, we will draw out a winner at the end of the show. Stick around here, the things we missed, and we'll wrap up the show next here on... This is your last chance now to text Boiler Up to 765-447-4080. You want to win Purdue Iowa football tickets for Saturday. It's sold out. I got one more pair. Text Boiler Up to 765-447-4080. I'm drawing out that winner here at the uh, top of the hour. So good luck to you. All right, let's uh, go ahead and jump in real quick to the things that we may have missed. Um, today I saw that Dan Snyder wants to go ahead and sell the Commanders. Hired Bank of America to explore the, um, the the selling of the team, which will have no shortage of buyers. Here's the thing for me. Y'all trust Dan Snyder to go ahead and sell that thing? Didn't he, wasn't he digging up dirt on everybody? He, this man went through all of that trouble to allegedly go and, and use private detectives and all this stuff to cement his uh, you know, his status as an owner so they wouldn't force him out. They did all of that stuff. And now he's just going to be like, yeah, I'll just go. Forget it. Look, the man's going to make an, an absolute fortune on this thing if he does sell it. But there's a part of me that I, I look at Dan Steiner and I say to myself, I don't know that he's really going to sell it. I can see him going through all this and then saying, yeah, no, I'm not getting enough money. I'm not selling. 100% can see that happening. And this is going to be like five, six billion dollars too. It's going to be an insane amount of money. And he's going to walk away from it. Which just seems weird. You can't take it with you, man. Go someplace warm. Sit on a beach for the rest of your life. Enjoy it. Get out of here. Uh, also, one thing we missed, uh, a lot of people were asking me and uh, were upset about the opening of the college football rankings. Tennessee 1, Ohio State 2, Georgia 3, Clemson 4, Michigan 5, um, then Alabama at 6, and TCU at 7. Uh, a lot of it was TCU getting docked because they're undefeated, and uh, Alabama has that one loss to Tennessee, which is the top rank. So how far can you really drop them down? Uh, the knock I heard on TCU uh, from the committee was they found themselves in a hole in some of those games. They won them all. You know, uh, Alabama's found themselves in a hole in a game and then didn't win it. TCU undefeated. TCU four straight Wins over the top 25, back-to-back-to-back-to-back. Alabama has uh, one top 25 win, two, maybe. So half of that, they got Arkansas and they got Mississippi State, 20th and 24th. Uh, That's some brand bias right there. And that's what kills me about this. Is that you see that brand bias and you think to yourself, even if you even if Purdue were to be undefeated, they'd never let them in. Never. So long as there's still these people with these interests and uh, tied to these traditional brands, 
it's it's got to be insanely hard. But if you are upset about the way this shook out, I don't know why you're upset at this point. Because so many of the teams are going to play each other, including uh, Alabama and uh, LSU this weekend. Tennessee and Georgia are going to play each other. I wouldn't be getting upset about it now. I'll get upset after two of those teams lose and they still have them in the hunt. That's going to be the real issue here. So I'm not upset about Ohio State being second. Um, I'm not upset about Georgia being third. It's all gonna, That's all going to work itself out there. Whoever wins the Big Ten is in. They're not going to let two teams in because it's Ohio State and Michigan. One of those teams is going to uh, you know, win the Big Ten. It'll all work itself out. No reason to get all upset about it. All right, I want to thank for uh, Brian for being on with us here. Brian Newbert from GoldenBlack.com. Go pick up that $1 one-year membership as they switch over to On3 right now. Uh, GoldenBlack.com. Trust me, totally worth it. A dollar? Come on now. You're missing out. So make sure you scoop that up. Coming up tomorrow, Coach Katie Gerald scheduled to be on the program. I'll see you back here at 3 o'clock on 101.7.